0: Welcome everybody who's listening to me today. This is evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., and you're tuned in at a perfect time because we're talking about something that is vitally important. Uh, Some people don't understand the importance of this subject, but it's vitally important to the everyday believer. And that is the subject was Jesus poor? You know, I've heard people say, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, if Jesus was poor, if he had resources, because the important thing is that he's our Savior and that he died for our sins and now we're on our way to heaven. But nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the subject of Jesus' life, every part of his life is vitally important to us. And the reason for that is is because Jesus' life on the earth was an exact representation of how someone should live in the eyes of God. In fact, in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus' life was a perfect representation of the will of God on the earth. So everything that you see in the life of Christ should be seen in the life of the everyday believer. Did you know that Jesus always operated by the fruit of the Spirit? He always walked in love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness. He never sinned. The Bible says no guile was found in his mouth. He never broke the laws of God. He lived according to, at that time, the law of Moses, which is what was given to the people of God. And so every part of Jesus' life is vitally important to us. Did you know the Bible says, let me read that verse of scripture to you in Hebrews chapter one and verse three. The Bible says Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so he's the exact imprint of of the nature and will of God. Jesus' life was an exact representation. In fact, did you know Jesus said himself, he said that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he goes on to say, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So Jesus was not a rebel and he was not a rogue. He did exactly what his Father told him to do and he said exactly what his Father told him to say. And so Jesus was in perfect line with the will of God. He was not living in sin, not living in rebellion. He was exactly where God wanted him to be, meaning that everything in his life was from God, a blessing from God. And he was a representation of what God's children should look like on the earth. The reason that this is so important when we're talking about the fact of was Jesus poor is because poverty in the Bible is described as a curse, not a blessing. Poverty is a curse that comes from disobedience, according to the word of God deuteronomy chapter twenty eight many people are familiar with the first part of it, the first fourteen verses because it lists all the blessings that come on the children of God when they obey the voice of the Lord. And you know we hear, we hear it many times in church we're, we're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. all of the blessings are listed in the first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28 for people who are obedient to the word of the Lord and obey what God tells them to do from his word. Now, If you go further, you get into the verses that nobody likes to read. And that's from Deuteronomy chapter uh, 28, verse 15, all the way to the end of the chapter, because it lists lists all the curses that come on the people of God when they disobey the voice of the Lord and they walk in rebellion to the commands of God. And this is something I found so interesting. You need to get this in your spirit. After reading all of the verses of the curses of the law, In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, you'll find that 63% of those curses listed in that book are dealing with the people of God's economic well-being. 63% of the verses are dealing with what happens to people's money and their economic well-being when they disobey the voice of the Lord. It goes on to say you'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed in your basket, cursed in your storehouse, everything you put your hand to will be cursed. It's dealing with the way people will fare financially throughout their life as they walk in disobedience. So as we see that Jesus' life was a perfect representation of the will of God on the earth, we begin to understand because we know Jesus never sinned. He never rebelled against the law of Moses, against the word of the Lord. It would be impossible. For the curse of poverty to come on the life of Jesus, if it did, then God himself would be a liar because he said in his book of the law given by Moses to the people of Israel, he said, if you'll walk in my ways, if you'll obey my commands, if you'll obey my laws, you'll be blessed in everything you do. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Your basket will be blessed. Your storehouse will be blessed. Everything you put your hand to do will be blessed. That was God's promise to the people of Israel if they would obey his voice and obey his commands. There is nobody in the world that's a Christian who would argue that Jesus did not obey the commands of God. He obeyed every command perfectly and became a sacrifice for us. It would be impossible for Jesus to live poor and in poverty on the earth as God's son because he obeyed every command found in the book of the law. It would have been impossible. The devil could not have put the curse of poverty on the life of Christ when he lived in the dedicated and obedient way that he did live. I'm telling you today, it's important to understand that in Christ's life, he dealt with with poverty, the way that he dealt with sickness and the way that he dealt with sin. It's that he treated it as an enemy. And we're going to take some time uh, in the next uh, few episodes of this to talk about all of the proofs in the word of God that will show you and set your belief system in stone that Jesus did not walk in poverty throughout his life, but he walked in the blessing of God. I mean, think about that. Can you imagine the savior of your soul, the ruler of this world? And the, and the creator of this universe walking around on the earth poor and impoverished without the resources to do what God's called him to do. Absolutely not. Jesus was a perfect representation of his father and poverty is something that comes from sin. See, we need to understand this. Poverty is not just uh, uh, something that comes on people because of poor decisions. It's not something that comes on people because uh, you know they had uh, an economic downturn or because of what the economy's doing. No. Poverty is a spiritual state and it comes as a result of sin. It comes as a result of disobedience to the word of God. And I want you to understand today that Jesus was never disobedient. He never stood in rebellion to the word of God. And as a result, it would have been impossible for Jesus to walk under the curse of of poverty. Let me go on further and talk to you about this for a moment. Because we understand that Jesus obeyed every instruction in the law of Moses, two things would have had to been true of Jesus. Number one, at that time, Jesus would have had to been, have been a tither. Jesus paid his tithes. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23, Jesus even said, yes, you should tithe. And so he was talking to people about the fact that, yes, you need to pay your tithes, but he was saying, don't let the greater things go undone. So we know, number one, that Jesus was a tither. He never missed paying his tithes to the temple. Number two, I want to say this, Jesus gave what they called in that day free will offerings. We just call it giving in the offering. Jesus was not only a tither, he sowed seed into the kingdom of God. He gave offerings that was outlined in the word of God for the nation of Israel. And so those two things, please get this, Jesus being a tither and Jesus being a giver of free will offerings solidified the fact he could not be cursed by poverty. The Bible declares in Luke chapter six and verse 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will God cause men to give into your bosom. And so Jesus entered in to a spiritual transaction with the kingdom of heaven by tithing and giving free will offerings. Did you know the Bible says in Galatians chapter six and verse seven, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so Jesus Christ was a sower and he was a tither. In fact, it would have been hypocritical of him to live a life on the earth as a representation of God's will and for him to refuse to tithe and him to refuse to give offerings, but then ask all of his followers to tithe and ask his followers to give offerings. Jesus was not just a man who taught what you should do. He was an example and did what he expected others to do. He was a tither and he was a giver. And the fact that he was meant that he was entitled to receiving supernatural financial harvests from the kingdom of God. It's a promise. You cannot break the promises of God. It's impossible. When you enter into your side of the transaction, God is forced to enter in to his side of the transaction. God will never be the one that breaks covenant with you. If covenant is broken, it's because we broke it. And Jesus never broke covenant with God in the area of giving and receiving. Did you know that it's impossible for God to break his covenant on that subject? He said, try me out and see if I won't do it. This is the only area where God said, I will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. God's word is set in stone. That's why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 138 and verse 2 that the Lord has magnified his word even above his name. That means that God holds his word even more sacred than he holds his name. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. The Bible teaches us God's word and covenants are set in stone. And when we enter into a spiritual transaction with them, God is forced to do what he said he would do. Jesus being a tither and being a giver is proof that God was forced to bless him and to put his hand of blessing on Jesus. Jesus operated under the three pillars of financial blessing. Number one, he lived holy. Number two, he was a tither and a giver. And number three, we know that he was a worker. Jesus was not lazy. Jesus worked before he entered into his ministry uh, as a rabbi and a traveling minister, before he did any of that. The Bible teaches us that he was a carpenter, just like Joseph, his stepfather, not who was his, his uh, earthly father. Uh, he worked hard. He was not lazy. And so the three pillars of financial blessing were activated in Jesus life. He lived under the holiness of God. He was a tither and a giver and he worked. God was forced to put his hand of blessing on his only son Jesus Christ. Jesus did not walk on this earth in poverty, but he walked in the blessing of the Lord financially. And we're going to take these next few sessions to show you that from the word of God. But I wanted to start with that because it's so foundational and important to understand that poverty is a curse. It is not a blessing. And Jesus did not live his life under the curse. He lived his life Under the blessing. We'll be back not long uh, with a few more of these points. I, I want you to get this. It's so important because if Jesus wasn't cursed, then he doesn't expect you to be cursed. If he wasn't impoverished, he doesn't expect you to be impoverished. He expects you to have all of the resources that God called you to have to accomplish your purpose and accomplish your call on the earth. We'll be back soon to talk to you a little bit more. Don't forget Goodness and mercy and signs and wonders are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon.